Hello and welcome to the next episode of How Good It Is, the show that takes a closer look at songs from the rock and roll era, and we check out some of the stories behind those songs and the artists who made them famous. My name is Claude Call. Hello? Is this thing on? Or did I have another upload go wonky on me? Remember to check out the website, howgooditis.com, and the Twitter, and the Instagram, and of course the Facebook page, which you can find over at facebook.com slash how good it is pod and if you can swing it please consider supporting the show as a patron for just five dollars a month you get the weekly newsletter whether i publish a show or not you get the newsletter has all the week's music news a little bit of my opinion and the history calendar Uh, in a recent issue i offered up a few hundred words of questionable brilliance about the new rolling stone list of the 500 greatest albums of all time Click the link on the website or point your browser to patreon.com slash how good it is. So first of all, my apologies if you had any difficulty with episode 128. I'm still not sure what happened, but the file that wound up being uploaded had all of the correct metadata attached to it. So you could see the show's time length, you could see the artwork, but it was also a zero kilobyte file that you couldn't play. I have since fixed the upload, but I think in order to hear it, you have to delete the bad file from your player so that you can replace it with the good one. Still don't know how it happened, but it did. It's on me for not noticing sooner, so my apologies. Let's get some trivia for ye, shall we? Most people know that the University of Southern California Trojan Marching Band, more properly called Spirit of Troy, played on Fleetwood Mac's song Tusk from the album of the same name, thus earning themselves a platinum record. But Spirit of Troy is the only collegiate band to have two platinum records. What was the other album that Spirit of Troy played on that went platinum? I will have that answer at the end of the show. You may consider Seasons in the Sun to be sentimental mush, and you might be right about that. I'm certainly not going to talk you out of it, but I do have an alternate view of the song that I'm not going to share with you until later, because it might color your view of it the next time you hear it. So let's see how that goes. Seasons in the Sun started out as a different song with a similar theme. Uh, What's more, it started out as a song written and sung in French. I know, there's the foreign language thing again, but... It was sung in French by a Belgian performer named Jacques Brel. Now, that name's not going to mean a lot to many people, because unless you're a deep fan of international music and film, he was huge in Europe, though. Brel was in a whorehouse in Tangiers when he wrote a song in 1961 called Le Moribund, about a man who is dying from a broken heart, and he addresses various people in his life. Adieu les mille, je t'aimais bien, tu sais, on a chanté les mêmes vins, on a chanté les mêmes filles, on a chanté les mêmes chagrins. The song has several verses in which he talks to different people in his life. First, it's his childhood friend André whom he says he's always liked very well, and although he's going to die, he knows that André will look out for his wife's well-being. The next verse is a priest he's talking to, and while he and the priest didn't always see eye to eye, he liked him okay too, and because his wife always confided in him, he knows the priest will take care of her. Next, he addresses someone named Antoine. Now, he comes right out and says he didn't like Antoine very much. 
He's angry that he's about to die and Antoine is going to go on living and that Antoine will take care of his wife because, dun dun dun, as it turns out, Antoine was her lover. And now he confronts his faithless wife, Francoise, and notes that he loves her and that he recognizes that he's going to die before her. But he's already closed his eyes, metaphorically speaking, for a long time, and he trusts that she will take care of his soul. And the English translation of the chorus is, I want all to laugh, I want all to dance, I want all to have fun like a bunch of crazy people. I want all to laugh, I want all to dance, when they put me in the hole. So it's pretty straightforward and a little bit bitter and maybe even a little bit morbid and every recording I've heard of Jacques Brel singing Le Moribond sounds much like this one that you hear now with the fast delivery and the matter-of-fact attitude. The character is dying and he doesn't really care about hurting anyone's feelings anymore. The song wasn't huge for a Jacques Brel song, and by that I mean it doesn't appear on any best of or greatest hits collections, but it, it was popular enough. Now, in the mid-1960s, Brel picked up a little bit of a following in the United States because poet Rod McEwen was translating some of his songs into English. And as it happens, the Kingston Trio picked up one of those translated songs, and they recorded it for their 1963 album titled Time to Think. Adieu, Emile, my trusted friend We've known each other since we were nine or ten Together we climbed hills and trees Learned of love and ABC Skinned our hearts and skinned our knees Adieu, Emile, it's hard to die When all the birds are singing in the sky Now that the spring is in the air Pretty girls are everywhere Think of me and I'll be there We had joy, we had fun We had seasons in the sun But the hills we would climb Were just seasons out of time Now as you can hear, their version maintained the rather strident marching cadence and it kept the theme of the faithless wife, but it eliminated the verse where the dying man addresses the friend directly, instead making a reference to him in the verse that he sings to his wife. The song was never released as a single, probably because the Kingston Trio was largely out of favor by this time. They were on their way out, and so the song remained as an album track, and it might have stayed that way until... In the early 1970s, the Beach Boys picked up the song, and they started working on their version of it. The original idea was to have Carl Wilson sing lead on the song and then putting the Beach Boys' harmonies behind it. But they eventually abandoned the project, but their producer, a musician by the name of Terry Jacks, was kind of intrigued by it, and so he decided to record Seasons in the Sun. Terry Jacks was not necessarily well-known on his own, but rather as part of the Poppy family. Terry Jacks was not necessarily well-known on his own, but rather as part of the Poppy family, whose big hit was the song Which Way You Goin', Billy, sung by his wife, Susan. Now, while Jacks liked the song overall, he still thought it was just a bit too dark, so he rewrote some of the lyrics. He was inspired by a friend of his who had died just a few months earlier from leukemia. So instead of a man who is dying from a broken heart... This version makes it very clear that the person singing the song is literally dying and is offering up some last words to the people around him. Goodbye to you, my trusted friend. We've known each other since we were nine or ten. 
Jax and Susan recorded the song in Vancouver, Canada in 1973, and it was released on his own label, Goldfish Records. In just a few weeks, the song had sold well over a quarter million copies in Canada and became the largest selling single in Canadian history. This caught the attention of a vice president at Bell Records named David Carrico, who flew to Vancouver and bought the American rights. Again, within just a few weeks, the song had sold a million copies, reaching gold status on Valentine's Day in 1974 and going all the way to number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart for three weeks, beginning the first week of March in 1974. Not only that, it remained in the top 40 almost until Memorial Day. That's the end of May, folks. It was also number one or top five practically everywhere in the world except for the Netherlands where it still managed to make it into the top ten. Depending on the chart you look at, it was either seven or six. Eventually, over three million copies of the song were sold in the United States alone and worldwide sales broke six million. Nowadays, sales of the song are somewhere north of ten million copies. In addition to all the sales, Terry Jacks won the Juno Award. That's the Canadian version of the Grammys. Uh, he won for Male Vocalist of the Year in 1974. Uh, the song also won awards for Contemporary Single of the Year, Pop Music Single of the Year, and Best Selling Single. But for all that, I'd be curious to know what the Beach Boys version would have sounded like, because frankly, I think of, it, of Terry Jacks as kind of a thin voice. And to a certain extent, the song comes off a little bit like the guy is whining, and I am not nearly the first person to say that. At any rate, because Seasons in the Sun was such a huge hit, it became pretty much the thing that defined Terry Jacks. So, he purchased a boat and he began sailing up and down the west coast of Alaska and Canada, and along the way he had some revelations. He left the music business and became an environmental activist, facing off against Canadian paper mills and making some films on the subject of the environment. And because the song was making plenty of money in royalties, he was able to maintain a modest lifestyle in Canada while still dealing with the fallout from the song being the thing that defined his career. He once said in an interview that he eventually got to be known as an environmentalist, and that was the only thing that got rid of his being labeled Mr. Seasons in the Sun Guy. As far as covers of the song, oh, have I got a couple of surprises for you. Here's the first one. And as far as I can tell, it was recorded around the same time the song was blowing up the charts in 1974. This one is also Terry Jacks. For whatever reason, he recorded the song in German with slightly different lyrics provided by Gerd Müller-Schwanke and titled In den Garten der Zeit. Also in 1974, country artist Bobby Wright recorded the song where it managed to make the top 40 of the Hot Country Singles chart. But I'm not going to play any of that one for you here because I'm just too hot to play this next one for you. Go, Chris. Goodbye, my friend, it's hard to die When all the birds are singing in the sky And all the 
One of those things which might make a little bit more sense after I tell you what's up. This is Nirvana, but the lineup has moved around. Specifically, you have Kurt Cobain playing drums, Dave Grohl on bass, and Chris Novoselic playing guitar. And it's a deliberately sloppy cover that they recorded in 1993, and it's got some parody lyrics thrown in. As it happens, Cobain has written in his diary that the song made him cry, and that it was the first record he ever bought. This recording was finally released in 2004 on the collection titled With the Lights Out. Let me share one more with you. Goodbye to you, my trusted friend. This is an indie pop band called Black Box Recorder, which did this truly lovely cover of the song in 1998. It appeared as a bonus track on their debut album, England Made Me. This version skips the chorus until the very end of the song. Oh, I like that. Okay, now you remember how I told you that I had an alternate view of the song that might color your perception of it? This mostly works with the Terry Jacks version. But it, so instead of thinking of it in terms of a dying man expressing his final thoughts to somebody, look at it as though it's the narration of a serial killer speaking to each of his victims before he does them in. See? Now you've got that in your head. And now it's time to answer today's trivia question. Back on page two, I asked you what the USC Spirit of Troy's other platinum album was, the first one being Fleetwood Mac's Tusk. Well, it's a little bit of a trick question. You see, they also performed on another platinum Fleetwood Mac album. In 1997, the band released a live album. In fact, the last album that they've released with Christine McVie on it called The Dance. Now, while Fleetwood Mac had released a live album in 1980, this one was different in that it was recorded all in a single evening in a television studio as part of an MTV special. And among the songs that they recorded during that session were Don't Stop and Tusk, both of which involved the USC Spirit of Troy. And this album went five times platinum, making it one of the biggest selling live albums ever. It's still pretty far behind Clapton's Unplugged, which is number one in that respect, but 5 million units is nothing to sneeze at. Incidentally, Tusk only sold about 1 million copies, but it's considered double platinum because it's a double album. You get credit for each LP in the package. And that's another full lid on another edition of How Good It Is. If you're enjoying the show, please take the time to share it with someone and maybe even leave a rating somewhere. And now you can support the show over at patreon.com slash howgooditis. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com or you can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram at howgooditis. You can also visit, like, and follow the show's Facebook page at facebook.com slash howgooditispod.com. Or you can check out the show's website, howgooditis.com, where you might find a few extra bits. Thank you, as usual, to Podcast Republic for featuring the show. And next time around, we're going to find out how good it is when we take a look at the twist 
Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time.